0: I'm Ernold van Buren, and I'm joined by a range of professionals who will be sharing their experience within the esports world along with strategies and tips to progress your own career in gaming. With over 20 years of experience, including game development and live streaming, gaming land centers and organizing tournaments, we are now launching this series in order to help those of you with a passion for gaming become professional in the esports world. Hi, Bird. Welcome all the way from California. Welcome to the show. Um, it's, it's an honor to having you, by the way.
1: Arnold, thanks, man. I'm uh, I'm honored to be here. Thanks for having me as a guest.
0: And you've told me about your experience and it's massive, man. It's massive. So <laughs> could you, yeah. Could you share a little bit with, uh, with the audience? Uh...
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, I've been a gamer for over 30 years um, or more. Uh, played competitive um you know a little bit of competitive back in the day when it was still you know um you know sticks and 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 uh and and uh, you know we we're we were using you know controllers with one one joystick maybe perhaps but no um you know my, I go all the way back to the you know early days of playstation and even before that when I, I i programmed when i was a little kid uh went off in a different direction uh worked for the US government for a while and NASA and Nsa and then i um I eventually uh, moved on to go into the private sector. Um, I own my own company for a little while uh, and currently I'm working with D3 LED. Uh, we are uh, in Southpaw Live. Uh, we are an LED uh, control systems manufacturer um, and we do LED displays, everything from stuff you would see in retail stores uh, all the way up to stuff you'd see at sports stadiums and Times Square and everything in between. Uh, I'm an esports and gaming strategist and program manager. So my job is to head up our global initiative on esports as the um, you know gaming starts to grow uh, nationally and internationally, globally. Really, uh, it gets bigger and bigger every single year, uh, and my job is really to help people find their footing in that and see where where they can increase monetization, grow and 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 get better. So.
0: Yeah, amazing, amazing. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you an, an, a question, and I think that that well, I think that question has been asked maybe a thousand times. But um, you, you know these terrible times to 2020. You know the virus time and everything. How how are you dealing with it? How are you coping with it at the moment?
1: Yeah, it's a great question, Arnold. You know, it's it's been difficult um, to say. It's it, it was it's interesting. The the industry as a whole kind of shifted um, in gaming, obviously, um, in the last five years, right? Technology grew, things got better. Um, you know, I always like to tell everybody the technology started to, to to catch up to people's creativity, right? And so as we saw that start to happen, you know, esports or the you know the term esports really kind of climbed out of the the, the, maybe the shadows is the wrong term, but yeah. but um, you know it kind of climbed out of the shadows a little bit and um, and and really became more mainstream. And so companies like my my mine and, and others uh, have really tried to take that on and and take the ball and run with it uh, as there's a need in the market. We've tried to do that, and then the pandemic hit, and it really shifted people's idea of you know my industry, especially you know what is LED and, and where does that fit right now as things kind of shut down. Um, businesses all across the U.S., the country, the the, the world, really, uh, had to either shift and change, um, or um, you know, scale back, or you know, they, they didn't pivot and and they're no longer with us. And right. so that in in shifted a lot of what businesses were really trying to do. Um, you know, do you really want to be out there putting up LED signs? Do you want to be growing your business during those time these times? You know, it's always that rough question is you know, when do you grow? Um, and some people look at this as the best time um, to increase your market footing and your spend and and, and get bigger and grow and really take advantage um, of the fact that there's a lot of eyes on your product, um, even if it's online only. Um, and others, you know, they just can't afford to do that. So as, as a business, we've had to kind of shift and make some, some pivots uh, alongside that. Yeah. Personally, it's been tough, right? Um, you know, a lot of time at the house, um, you know, a lot more time to play games, but but it's a lot of time at the house um, and really trying to figure out what this whole work from home thing means. You know, I hate the term new normal, but but really trying to figure out what that new normal is, has been interesting <laughs> to say the least
0: exactly well uh, i'll say like the new no, the new normal well that i think for every individual different anyway because every well situation is different every every household is different as well and especially when you mention like businesses are going online um uh, for for example uh, one of the biggest company like microsoft and twitter i know that they have um, told their, their staff that they can just work from home now so they have closed let's say the office and they can work from home and right this 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 well if this is going to be what they call the new normal to be honest i still have to get used to it as well so i'm at home now uh, doing this interview with you normally i'm in like a big studio where i normally have the right equipment and the right internet speed to uh, to do all to to do and an, an, like <laughs> like an interview, and it's now totally different for me as well. So um I, I totally right. understand from from your side, but this is this is the good thing. It's like I know what I've seen on the internet, and we talk about the e e sport, for example. I know that physical tournaments are now really tough, and I know in some part of of Asia they still try to do it with. Uh, With some safeties and with some restrictions, but um, I know what I'm in the UK. You in the United States? How how is the United States, for example? How how they? Well, I know every state's got different rules, but how is how is esports in in America at the moment? Is that yeah? Tell me more about that because um, yeah,
1: almost. Almost entirely virtual right now, um, you know, um, I mean, you're seeing the occasional, um, you know, smaller band tournament, maybe run at like a traditional or old school land center or something like that. Um, I know a lot of colleges and high schools that have teams um, have tried to do maybe a hybrid mix uh, event. Um, but I think what's really happening is you're seeing the, the kind of forced shift into, you know, virtual events. And so, again, it's another pivot point for the industry where, um, you know, how does the technology catch up to be able to broadcast that, uh, to be able to show a good product? Uh, What does that mean for sponsors? Um, You know, um, media rights, uh, you know, developers have had to really shift their ideas on on, you know, um, maybe loosening up the strings a little bit, but, but it's, it's made it interesting as well for venues. I was talking to somebody last week, who's really trying to figure out what does it mean for his venue to be able to do this. And so he's had to pivot and make stuff very, you know, again, online and virtual and run events and run tournaments and do some of those things, uh, virtually bringing in people from all over. Um, You know, in some cases, the world and a couple of his events, but but even just locally all over the city or all over the state or the region or whatever um, into virtual events, but also looking into the future. So then what happens when those events people are allowed to come back in and the restrictions are are kind of eased up on a little bit um, and they're relaxed. Uh, then you know how do you meet the need of both the virtual events? so people are going to be comfortable playing virtually. So how do we do both at the same time? So yes. um, I think you're seeing a, a little mix of both but but, but for the most part from, from what I've seen, a lot of, a lot of stuff is, is really been virtual right now.
0: Ah, okay. Yeah, that's. Yeah, we. Well, I have to say, like, for example, in the United Kingdom, well, we we have we have rules to follow, so we can't have any physical. So we are full virtual as well. Well, we try to, and there's still. Well, I, I will say a little bit of lack of 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 technology because, um, at the moment we are uh, used on on. Well, we rely on some of of, of let's say software systems, PCs. Uh, listen, really, really honest if we know the web was that the that, that pandemic was coming i will actually upgrade all my systems and get ready for the new right. games but um yeah that doesn't happen so we we most most of the gamers well i i i haven't spilled i haven't played games for a long time let's say some some connections that we got they were struggling with the hardware and all that stuff so now now we are getting more virtual there is not much hardware requirement. so that means that well they can they can play now uh, more uh, sophisticated games but yeah it's it's uh it's, it's a different different a different thing and and also you mentioned like you know the well in, instead of playing before it was just playing with the uk or sometimes you play with different part of europe but now you have actually the world and what I also see is and, and this is quite quite something that I try to 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 um, to light up a little bit as well. It's like because we are now playing with different cultures, uh, di- different people, there's more um, as, as you can see on Twitch, for example, or maybe on on um, d- different different streaming websites, we have now more women who are joining now the uh, the e-sport right. as well. And um, I think it's amazing. But uh, i know that uh that, that, that's on on social media I've, I've heard some other stories about like oh yeah this is happening this is happening and um yeah i don't know if you want to to, to share a little bit of that as well because uh, i know esports world is for everybody but yeah there is always some uh, so, so, some things that yeah <laughs> that lights up yeah you
1: know I mean. <laughs> no i and i yeah i mean you know the the to say that that it's always a tough discussion to have, right? Um, I think it's always a difficult discussion to have, and and I I don't have any specific numbers, you know, in front of me here, but I do know that um, there's a lot of data out there right now that women are are a dominant portion of of the people that are watching esports right now, um, and that are watching gaming and streaming in general right now, um, and so I, I think that that you know I don't pigeonhole anybody and I would never sit there and say you know that it's you know super toxic and all those kind of things but but I do think that that definitely exists in our industry still right there's a definite uh, stigma um, when it comes to women in eSports you know diversity in eSports barriers to to entry are are difficult for women sometimes um, when it comes to eSports and it's interesting because they're different barriers than you're seeing say um, you know, low income youth, um, and, and things like that, that are having, which would be very physical injuries, right. You know, the, the barrier of, of having good internet or, or or a computer, but, but for women, I I think there's a, there's a, a, a level of inclusion, um, that we're still lacking, you know, when it comes to, to gaming in general, um, you know, um, comments made the level of toxicity that you're going to get from other players, um, things that are said, um, you know, um, everybody's a tough guy behind a mic. Uh, and so, you know, people can can get crass and and say things and, and do some things um, that maybe if they were in person, um, you wouldn't see that as much. And so I think that's a challenge for, for the industry as we are kind of moving into this new virtual space right now that, that things are becoming virtual. Um, you know, it's interesting. I mean, they're virtual anyway. Right. Um, by by the, the sheer inherent nature of what we do, we play games, we put on, you know, a, a headset, um, you know, we grab our our, you know, we grab we grab our our our, um, you know, controllers yeah. uh, and we jump online and we can hook up with anybody anywhere at any time. And it can be a, a, a woman, a man, uh, you know, so a transgender person. It can they can be black, white um, you know, Asian, um, Hispanic, I mean, you know, Indian, they can be absolutely any race. And so, so by, by virtue of, of, you know, the playing on a PlayStation or an Xbox or Nintendo or whatever, and hooking up online, we play with anybody. And so that lends itself to that barrier, right? To that, that kind of wall that gets put up. Um, you know, you have that wall of anonymity that we like to say, Um, You're an anonymous person um, and anonymous people can say whatever they want. And so that goes away. We've seen a lot when they're in person. Um, Some of that isn't quite as bad when we're in person. Uh, People aren't obviously willing to say the same things they are online that maybe they would say, um, you know, when they're just sitting playing at home. So so I think we still have a ways to go uh, when it comes to including women. Um, and making games more inclusive, especially esports, more inclusive, especially as we move into this kind of virtual arena um, a little bit more. Um, but I think there's a lot of, of positive progress as well. Um, you know, the same thing that's being done for to increase you know diversity in games uh, for you know places like Nerd Street Gamers and what John Fazio is doing over there at Nerd Street. Um, you know, they just started their their you know Nerd Street Plus. Uh, which is a subscription model again designed to break down that barrier to entry um and so make it you know i think it's like twenty dollars a month to be able to have go to one of their their centers and play with the top top you know uh gaming you know equipment or a pc yeah. and the best internet and so on and so forth so that has helped those same things are being done including women in esports um you know i know Dignitas is really good they have um they have a really good program um, for their uh, women in esports movement so I think there's there's a lot of, of positive things that are going on as well um, but we still have a ways to go
0: yeah yeah of course because also if, if we if we let's say uh, talk about the eSport world itself um, and I'm not going to mention any organizations but I know that these organizations are trying to keep that the as, as small as possible and try to keep the out let's say the outside world a little bit aside because of well, they they have created it it's theirs and you know that, right. that's that's what they have built uh well the thing is the world now wants to wants to getting let's say make contact want to work together want to calibrate with with like these organizations but at the moment it's they are really tight if you if you well um send them an email and ask them to to know uh can i get some more information what about sponsorship all that they not even be bothered to uh to to give you right. an answer or they just ignore you
1: <laughs> right right totally yeah.
0: so it's it's i i think that it is a quite a long way to go but i think the time that we are now like in in the olden days well olden days i'm talking about 2013 where all these right. you know organizations are you know literally started popping up um i think from now they have to they have to swift their mind and i think they just have to get more people in and also about when you mentioned diverse diversities i know that some of the organizations they also have sort of i call it um requirements that like oh yeah um you you can't be a girl or you can't be a boy or you need to be this or you need to be that but i think the esport world is for everybody and, and hopefully you I agree
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, esports is community engagement, um, community and engagement. And and I'll I'll echo that till till the cows come home. I mean, it's all about community engagement. It doesn't matter whether you're four or you're forty nine, whether you're black or white, whether you're male, female, it doesn't matter. Um, It's supposed to be about diversity, inclusion or I'm sorry, it's supposed to be about to bring in that diversity, inclusion. It's supposed to be about community engagement um, connection. Um, These are all things and reasons why people play games, um, and why it's grown in such popularity, you know, people don't flock to, you know, Ninja and, you know, Nadeshot and, and, you know, um, Nick Merckx and on and on and on to watch them stream because they're just cool guys. Then that's it. They're specific reasons why, you know, you're taking them into their minds and you get to pretend you're ninja or you get to watch what he's doing. And it's like sitting next to him when he's streaming. It's like you're watching and sitting right next to him while he plays. And, and it's entertaining because you're listening to him and you feel a connection. Yes. Um, it's the same thing with any streamer while you watch any streamer. I don't care if it's, if it's James Charles doing somebody's makeup or it's a a cooking show or it's somebody streaming or, or it's watching, you know, um, eSports Insider or whatever it is, the reason you tune into YouTube or, you know, Facebook gaming or uh, Twitch or whatever to watch these things is you feel that interconnection between two people or between people and the engagement that is there is what's causing people to want to build that connection. And so whether you are interacting because you are furiously typing and chatting away, waiting for them to respond, or you are dropping subs, or you are, you know, just simply watching, um, you are engaging mentally, verbally, emotionally with that other person. And so, so that part of it has been around for a while, but But, um, but we do see, you know, a whole level of, of, you know, there's still some of those walls that need to be broken down on from the developer side and the game publisher side and things like that to kind of include that. And I get it. It's their, it's, it's their IP and, and, and they, you know, their, you know, individual prop, their, their property. It's their, their intellectual property that they Uh, control and so they have you know strict tight reins on how it's branded you know what image it's presenting it's why you can't just run a league of legends tournament anywhere while you have to have certain things and, and and parameters that you meet and all those kind of things that's all true but um but i think that that as the industry grows some of those things you know need to kind of move forward as well, right? We need to move forward with making it easier to do. Um, and again, I mean, we're, we're at a point now where we don't have to worry about it as much because everything is kind of virtual. So why would, you know, if, if so much is virtual, obviously with, with some notable exceptions when you come to maybe the big stuff like the worlds and and whether it's Overwatch or League of Legends or whatever, but, but, but most things virtual right now. So, so you don't have to have as many conversations. Those, those companies aren't having to have as many of those conversations right now. But that's going to open up in the next six, eight months. And, and then venues are going to really be clamoring. And I think we'll see this huge swell of venues that are going to wanna to run these tournaments and broadcast this stuff. And and then we'll really see, you know, the companies that wanna run with the ball and the ones that that wanna get left behind. Um, because the ones that wanna run, the ones that want to that, that, that remember their roots, that playing games is about making that connection and building that community. The ones that realize that um, are the ones that are really going to capitalize on that growth uh, and really see, help the industry to grow at a smart rate rather than this, you know, maybe investor bubble that we may see or something like that.
0: Yeah, I, I, I totally, I totally agree with that because, and and then, and then I've and I've and I think when you mention about like okay things are going to change like well hopefully in, in in the next like seven eight months, what what do you think about like because I know Twitch is one of the biggest streamer platform, but what about like a, a, a different place to stream for example, well, okay, I'm just gonna it's not a promotion but let's say Learn Global got this own platform where people can stream right. So I know we're not gonna we're not gonna compete against Twitch or whatsoever, but what what do you think about like streaming on a different platform? Do you think that that people still just have to use Twitch because to get more exposure? Or do you think like, well, let's let's try another 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 streaming site as well?
1: I think it really depends on what the outcome is, right? What what is your end game? What's your goal? Um, you know, and that's different for everybody, right? Some people want to be, you know, um, some people want to be the next um, ninja or whatever it is. I mean, we'll probably say that a million times, but I mean, somebody, somebody wants to be the next big streamer um, out there. You know, there's a little girl right now somewhere, somewhere um, you know, that watches, you know, uh, Paige or Soraya from WWE and watches her stream and watches, you know, Sasha Gray or somebody do their streamer or watches, you know, um, you know, some guy watching Nick Murks do his stream. And what says, man, I want to be that guy. I want to make a million dollars and, and, you know, be on the commercials and all that kind of stuff. There's others that just want to connect and play and want a platform and a voice. And so I think that if, if we can give people that, um, I think they can go other places because if you're trying to compete, if you're directly trying to compete, we've already seen what's happened when they try to do that, right? Mixer already tried Microsoft, biggest company in the world. They tried to compete with Twitch and they got blown out of the water, right? They just they could not. Yeah, it could be couldn't. And there's no longer there. They had to merge with Facebook Gaming. Now there's no more Mixer, and yeah. so I, I think that that if you're trying to be in direct competition. Um, It's like anything else in the world, you know, Twitch didn't start and become famous because they said, wow, we're going to be Twitch and then we're going to be, you know, huge Twitch became big because there was a hole in the industry. There was a gap. There was a problem that needed to get solved. And so they filled that gap and grew. And so i think that if companies like learn global or you know other smaller services out there that want to take advantage of something if you can find a problem or if you can find a gap if you can find a hole if you can solve something if you can bring something new and exciting to the market um then people are going to come and check you out you know um if 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 we're trying to brand ourselves as the next you know twitch then you know you're almost doomed to fail because there's only one twitch and 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 there's no reason why we don't need another twitch we need something new and unique and so i think there will be other things i think you guys have such great stuff going on at learn global and and i think that there's there's a no problem i think there's a space that that can be filled there it's just how do we market it effectively and how do we get that messaging out to people that it is an alternative and it's something different and it offers different things and that that's really where the growth is going to happen that's really where you're where you'll see people you know start to to kind of flock to do other things
0: so I, i i totally i totally agree with that before we're gonna end the show is there anything you would like to share with the listeners or and viewers
1: (laughs) (laughs) um you know i just I, i want people to play more games you know um you know from from a professional level you know i would love businesses to really start to look long term um i would like for them to start to look look the bottom line and i say this all the time you know, in 2018. Um, I think I think the 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 re- esports or gaming revenue was without video games, obviously included in there. Just esports revenue was something like over 900 million, right? Yeah. Um, it's going to be 1.1 billion this year. Um, that's a ridiculous amount of growth um, oh, well, in, yeah. in just a year and a half, right? And so, of that, 70% of that is media rights and sponsorship, maybe a little more. And so I tell people all the time when I'm having these conversations, it's start to think bigger, um, start to think more long-term. You know, we're in a, we're in a pandemic right now. And, and that's just, you know, where we are. Um, And, and those are the things that we're dealing with each and every day. And how do we get through and go virtual and go online and develop our message and build our audience and all those things. But that is going to end at some point here. And so where do you as a high school, a college, uh, a team, a broadcast studio, a business, a land center, a stadium, um, a retail outlet um, and on and on and on. Where do you as a venue? Where do you really want to be placed? And so start to think and have those conversations that are that are bigger. That is more about, you know, if if somebody's going to sponsor my program, if, some, if they're going to drop sponsorship money here. Um, where are those ads going to run? What is that going to look like? What type of venue do I want to have? And that conversation will build you into this creative mindset of, of bringing people in. Then we can start to have the conversations of, you know, how do we meet the virtual world and the in-person event world using our, you know, cell phones and other really cool stuff to make those two meet on a personal level. I would say I want people to play more games and I want people to get more involved and support programs like, you know, nerd street gamers and the other ones that are out there, follow more people in esports. Um, watch more programming. Like what's on learn global, take an opportunity to learn more, to become more involved. You know um, this happened because two people started talking um, and created more conversations. And so have more personal conversations, play more games, get more involved because it's not me. I'm not going to, you know, grow the industry. You know, it's I'm not making the huge leaps and bounds. It's not going to be Arnold that's growing the industry. It's going to be our kids um, or younger generation. That that creativity is what's going to build that foundation to grow this this industry To the heights where we're going to see that intersection with, with sports by 2023, 2022, 2024 at the latest where it will rival traditional sports and, and, and I'll end with this. I want nothing more than for the world to quote unquote, go back to normal, whatever that is, but there is a very real possibility that that normal will be drastically different. And so what does that mean for the NFLs, for uh, soccer, football, right? What does that mean for the Premier League? What does that mean for Major League Baseball, the NBA? What does that mean for the WWE? Is everything the WWE is going to do now? Is it all going to be, you know, uh, a virtual fans with LED screens or people going to be back? We don't know. And so because of that, I think that people have to start looking at, at other ways, other ways to get creative um, and other things to do and 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 really realize that as this technology and as things grow, um, the industry is just going to get more and more and more exciting. And I would not be surprised. I would not be surprised if esports has not overtaken um traditional sports in the next five years uh as as a mainstream you know we see the numbers grow but as a mainstream viewership for all people um i would not be surprised to see that
0: well but thank you so much for joining the show and um yeah it's it's i i i totally agree on that it's the whole esport is growing everything is going more virtual and i think that whatever's gonna happen yeah we have to think forward so again thank you so much Bert
1: thank you good talking to you Arnold
0: thanks for listening to our esport podcast series for video recordings of all our podcasts check out Learn Global TV and Learn Global Live available on the Roku platform